And now, The Rika Show, presented by Rika Technologies with your hosts, Cynthia Delaria, Daryl Brogdon, and Grant Parks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Rika Show. We are in our new podcasting room. We're so excited because it's actually a sound-insulated room, which it's is the like, podcast pod. Yay! It's a podcast pod. Actually, so Dr. David Opperman, who's interrupted many times on our show, and we love him very much. <laughs> this is actually his office. Uh, this is a room in his office. It was designed as a recording studio. And when we started kind of taking over some of his space for our offices and things like that, we originally had our office in here. And we couldn't we were, hear each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we had a, we had our podcasting room in the back room where there's like windows and natural light and everything. Cause I thought, Hey, that'll look really nice on camera. Problem is those walls are like super thin. So one of our podcasts, I was literally like editing by the waveform to get out the sound of Candace in the back, like oh, really? dialing on her phone and talking mm. to the lady on oh, speakerphone. Wow. <laughs> and so it was like, ding we need to switch rooms because having the office with all the natural light is really nice. And then this room is obviously designed for sound. So because we've been doing this enough now, we're super excited to try and make it a better experience from a visual and audio perspective. So we're in our new podcasting room. Uh, today we are talking about um, anti-patterns in web and app development. So this was a topic that Daryl specifically was like, I want to talk about this because I have a lot to say. So why don't you tell us what this means? Because he loves anti-patterns. I love anti-patterns. Anti I want to do it all wrong all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what that means and give us a couple of examples. Grant and I were talking about it and anti-patterns may not be the best description for this, but that's what we're going with for now. Uh, and it's basically just things that everybody likes to do on the web, especially uh, more so than, than apps, but still things that people like to do because it's popular. Mm. For example, as we've talked to before, talked about before popping up a little dialogue when you're about 30 seconds into a website to say, please sign up for our newsletter and not letting you do anything else on that webpage until you acknowledge that dialogue in some form. Mm -hmm. And then it's worse if it's some sites, at least, you can click anywhere outside of that to get it to disappear. But you've got a lot of those sites, especially on the mobile, where it's a little tiny, tiny X in the corner. And yeah. you've got to try to find that thing. And sometimes you can't get your thumb on it yeah. you know, or a finger on it. So yeah. Or a mouse, uh, the, the, get the mouse pointer. I mean, that's because they, I guess they think what people are going to do is go, oh, I can't close this. I guess I'll sign up for the newsletter. But uh -huh. I mean, what, what, you know, what does it amount to? You're... It's almost like holding somebody hostage or you're holding the website yeah, hostage. You are. Until you do this, we're not going to turn the website over to you. So what is what is the purpose of this it. kind of thing? I mean, obviously the pop-up demanding your email address isn't the only example, right? But what is the purpose of this this particular one? I honest to God don't know. I mean, is it to build my email marketing list? I, I mean, guess. I, I and I imagine that in a lot of sites you know, that's the thing is we should know this, I feel like. Um, but I imagine a lot of sites that ad revenue is is somewhat weighted by some kind of mailing list or followers yeah. on the oh, site. that's interesting. Because, um, you know, we, go, we use, we both, it's funny, it, Instant Pot Recipes 
And every time you go to one of these freaking recipe sites, because it, it's become very popular to write recipe blogs with hints about the kitchen and here's a product you should try. And they'll acknowledge they're paid for, you know, they're sponsored by that company a little bit. But I get a feeling that, you know, if they've got a million versus half a million followers, they're probably can command higher rates on everything. And and they're not just looking at like unique visits or page views. We're thinking that the, their email list or something more permanent must play into that. Yeah, I, I bet that 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 would weigh in. It would make sense to me because if, if I'm Repeat taking traffic. the time to do that, I'm going to come back yeah. and I'm also going to take your advice more more uh, likely than just reading the recipe. If I sure. come come consistently to your site, I'm probably going to start looking at your other things that you talk about. It's engagement, right? I yeah. mean, that's the big buzzword and has been for the last five to 10 years. All anybody talks about in technology is engagement. You're a marketing guy. I want to, yeah, the marketing guys, they want to get increased engagement, which is great. And is, is, but you know, don't, don't annoy your users to encourage engagement, engagement. And the analogy that I use is the whole point behind all this is you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. You're shooting your customer in the face to, to get him to sign up. And (laughs) is that really engagement or is it, I have to do this. So I'm gonna, yeah, and, and this is why I made everything. up that spam email on Yahoo that I never even read. Exactly, <laughs> and exactly. a lot of people do that. But the analogy that I use is it's it's tantamount to you walk into Target and someone jumps in front of you in the lobby and says, "Do you want to do X?" and they won't let you keep going. Now, yeah. if that happened in the real world, what is everybody going to do? They're going to turn around and they're going to walk, gonna walk out. back out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was thinking they would knock them down. <laughs> they might punch them. They might probably walk across them in yeah. anger. <laughs> Which is what you'd like to do to those websites. All yeah. right. So what are some other examples of, we're calling this the anti-pattern. You know, maybe that's the wrong term, but that's the term we're well, going just, with. I think that's, that's let, becoming. Let me throw why, we, why, we, why he said yeah. that. Because yeah. I didn't expect him to say that, actually. Um, anti-pattern, to me, came about only in response. I mean, we the idea that there's common things being done that are bad existed, but the term itself, anti-pattern, I believe kind of came about in response after the design pattern, formal concept presented by the gang of four. And it was to me a little bit more oriented towards actual software implementation internally, how the code is written, that kind of thing. You know, those lower level things to me were more what anti-pattern was originally about, but I think that in in the in the app world or you know where we live now, um, I think it's easily applicable to say it. You know it's what we used to call bad user experience. Yeah, I mean, that's what kind of we used to in the eighties and nineties and the early aughts. You know, we just called it bad <laughs> user experience, shitty user experience. Yeah. if we were yeah. in a meeting. <laughs> yeah. So talk a little bit about a couple more examples of this and and. We're going to come back to the bad user experience thing because these mechanisms for increasing engagement <laughs> are in direct, they're, they're in direct opposition of what's really going to work of user experience, right? Yeah. So I want to come back to that, but what are some other examples of these kind of things? Like, and, and let's define this as those super annoying effing things on websites and in mobile apps that put crap in your face that you didn't come to see. Yeah. A, a good one and, and somewhat related is something that Grant brought up was you go to linkedin.com, for example, in your on your phone 
and it pops up, uh, you know, something that says, wouldn't you like to use this? And the, wouldn't you like to install the mobile app or some, yeah. you know, another way they do it is that little bar across the top oh, that yeah, takes I've up to like 50 pixels that yeah. says tap here to install, install the mobile the app. app. But the, again, the, dis, the way to dismiss it is usually tiny, difficult. And tiny and difficult hard to find. And it's, I'm going to the webpage because I want to go to the webpage. If I wanted the app, I would probably start from going to the app store Thanks. and looking up LinkedIn and installing the app. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and, and that's the thing is it sounds like not a big difference kind of when you just say it, but in reality, you know, if you think about yourself holding your phone, it's like the only reason you'd have the LinkedIn app is because, you know, you're looking for a job, you're trying to do whatever, but you're thinking I need to get more LinkedIn. Ooh, I did that well. <laughs> um, but if you're following something in one of the little email updates, you know, so, congratulate so-and-so on their two years. I don't want to install the LinkedIn app so that I can say, hey, good job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the website's fine. Yeah. If you want me to do the mobile app so bad, then don't make your website mobile responsive. Force me to then. Right. But if you're going to give me the mobile website, give me the mobile website. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Rant. That's why his name this is G Rant. Rant. <laughs> That's his rapper name. <laughs> uh, okay, what are, what are some other examples? Uh, the jumpy nav header. I, I know everybody has seen this because this is so prevalent across the web. You visit the site and you see the header, the navigation at the top, and then you scroll down and it, it slides up or, you know, it, it changes in some form. And then as you scroll down, if you like scroll up a little bit, because I know a lot of people, what they'll do, I think you and you oh, said that yes. you and I both do this. We'll use sort of the top of, as an of the screen line. as an eye line and we'll, yeah. we'll scroll to yeah. keep everything there. That's, that's where we know our place is. I do the same thing. So there must be, I think, a lot of people who do that. Yeah. But then I ask some, myself sometimes, why am I continually scrolling? Why don't I read a page and then scroll, and then scroll a page? But I don't but think that's like, what I people do. Yeah, you we don't scan. Your eyes don't scan and read like that. Right. But because of the way we scan and read, we're going up and down a lot. Yeah. And when you go up and down a lot, that top header is... What Especially the worst right is... the top. Yeah, the worst yeah. is they'll hide yeah. it as you scroll down. And then if you scroll up just a little bit, it'll then slide it down. down. And it covers And it covers what you're reading. Yeah, so you have, then you have to go back down again and back up a little bit less. Yep. Yeah. I know. Oh. And it, it, has, <laughs> it has existed for years. And I don't understand how no none of the project managers, none of the UX researchers haven't gone... Wait a minute. People have to hate this. I mean, I guess I get the idea, which is on a small screen, you want as much real estate as possible for what you're doing. But then give me a different way of pulling it down when I want it. You're gonna, or just yeah, don't, don't just hide it. Be a better way. Don't do, don't do something that's just Stupid. annoying no matter yeah. what for a purpose. Yeah. Um, that makes me think of, and this is a little less intentional, but it's those, those, CSS driven menus across the top where you scroll over something that goes down here and you're going down to this thing and it opens this up. And as you go over here, yeah, it you loses to go it. outside the menu a little, the, the whole, whole menu thing, goes. Yeah. And you have to go back up to the top and go down. And some sites you find you'll do that two or three times and you're gritting your teeth yeah. about to yell yeah. and you have to sit there and just, you know, be so meticulous about your mouse movement yeah. else you lose the menu. And that's uh, another one that it's like, you know, and it does take a lot more work to not do that. But I think it's one of those things that we need to strive for because it sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. 
you're because you're, you're going after something and then it just disappears. It must be what it feels like to be a cat chasing the little red laser dot. <laughs> <laughs> the Except they enjoy that. More fun. You're the cat chasing the, the laser dot when when we hit one of those menus. It's it, it's so fat. Okay, so we get the point. There's all these little tiny things that people are doing, and they're ostensibly originally thought up to make our lives easier, make our lives better, right? Mm -hmm. Give you more screen real estate, give you ample opportunity to get more information about what you're looking at, whatever. Where is, where did we cross the line? Because it used to be that user experience was king. If your user experience wasn't amazing, you were doing it wrong. And now it's like the, this is the pop-up ads of, you know, 2020. Yeah. Why a shift and a shift in quality and in experience is because there are, we now have more producers than consumers in the web world. There's more developers developing web technology than probably there are pure consumers browsing web technology. Uh. So the import is now favoring what's easier to do. That's why we have these crappy experiences where you go to a lot of websites on a you know full powered laptop, not just a phone. And every time you try to scroll down to read, the screen's jumping around because it's constantly loading new ads and crap like that. I mean, you watch the bottom bar of your browser and it never stops making requests yeah. to other sites because that that benefits or you know, whether whether it's advertising which benefits the that the company as a producer, kind of the same way this engagement stuff does, but it's annoying. It creates a bad experience for me on the web or developers using frameworks these days. Yeah. You know, when you, when you've got <laughs> downloads, 700 megabytes yeah. to get the homepage working. Yeah. There's another aspect of that to tack on to what you're talking about, which is they're doing it because that's what everybody else does. Yeah. They're not actually yeah. saying, is this the right way to do it? They're just assuming because everybody else does it, that that's the right way to do it. And there's nobody out there going, no, this is terrible. Let's not do this. Yeah. The web itself has created too much of a platform. I mean, that's why technology has exploded is not because of the technology per, per se, but just the communication. Mm. Um, ideas get around so fast, but because the, the web is a platform that anybody can be on. I mean, we used to have to, we used to have to use books. We were just talking about that. We used to have to, have to go to go to books. Well, it takes a lot to get something published and out there back in the day and still does. Um, and therefore there were barriers to entry on what was going to, what information was going to be disseminated. There was a barrier to entry there. This guy had to be good. He had to write well. He had to be respected. There had to be credentials. Yeah. So the information that people were drawing from was much, much better quality, quality information. Yeah. And now anybody writes blogs and articles and what have you. And in fact, you know, my kind of rant about that is that the, the people who are doing the most writing on the web, which means they are informing the most people, are actually the people that do the work the least. Yeah. They're the least qualified to be talking about this so, information. Because they're talking heads, basically, talking technology heads, and, and that's just not going to work. Yeah. You're sharing the wrong stuff. Well, and if you look at, to your point, there's more creators than consumers. I mean, obviously there's a lot of consumers of all the content on the web, yeah, but I'm, I'm definitely being, you know, over the over top the there, top. but, but to your point, look at the major websites that people talk about all the time. YouTube, all designed for the average person to create and upload videos. Instagram, all designed for the app, app, 
user generated person. content, which was all the rage about LinkedIn, eight to ten years ago. Facebook, yeah. Snapchat. These are all designed for the average user to generate content and generate content and generate content. And, it, and to your point, it doesn't matter if it's crap. The only way you're going to know is the number of followers and the number of likes or whatever. And even that's not really a great example or a gauge all the time. No, because what's popular amongst the masses and who is doing the, re, you know, it, it yeah. all, I'm sure that the stati statisticians or human something anthropologists can, there, there's, there's something to that. Just the more people that get involved and the more people that try to pass on that information, the quality gets degraded over time. Yeah. And with more, you know, the more people you have doing a particular job, the average skill level goes down. That's just a, that's an averages thing. It's a law of averages thing. The more people you throw into the mix, yeah. um, that wouldn't be true if every new person was brilliant, but that obviously isn't going to happen because you're spreading out and get pulling more and more people in, you know, it, it, you're actually, you're actually going to lower the level of quality. The more people that are in, a, in an industry. What's interesting, this phenomenon of fame is really just in the last hundred years, maybe less. Mm. And if you think about how do we start out with antipatterns? <laughs> I know. That's well, weird. because something you just said, and I'll, I'll kind of tie it back around. But the other day I was thinking about, isn't it interesting that it used to be teachers, attorneys, doctors, um, highly educated, highly qualified, highly specialized professionals made the most money. They were the most respected in their communities. And now those people at the bottom of the totem pole in most respects and kids are like, I want to be a YouTube creator. When I grow up, I want to be, I want to be on American Idol. I want to be on a reality TV show. I want to be famous for being famous. Yeah. Like, what is that? Um, you know, going back to that technical blogging thing, that's, you know, I'm like, there's too many people that want to be famous for development instead of being good developers. Yeah. They would rather be known as a developer. Be. Yeah. And that's really weird. You know, it made me think about the gunslingers in the old West, you know, it's got a reputation, but what if he can't actually shoot real well? What happens when somebody calls him on that reputation and says, perform? Yeah. You've been talking a good game for a long time. Yeah. Now I'm calling you on it. Let's do it. And the guy, you know, he dies. What's, what's the, what's the Lockhart from, uh, from Harry Potter? Oh, um, Professor Lockhart. Yeah. yeah. I mean that you, you exactly just described this character. Just described. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I never he, saw he, uh, he, he, what he is good at are memory charms. And so he gets all these wizards who have done these amazing things and who are actually really good at other skills to tell them his stories, to tell him their stories. And then he does a memory charm on them and he assumes it as his own and writes biography after biography and book after book about all these things that he did. But he is That's otherwise not a very did. good wizard. No, he can do, he's a That's the only thing wizard. he's good at is the memory charms. Is the memory charms. Yeah. Wow, that got super geeky. <laughs> there was something you said you wanted, to, you wanted to, to tie this back to, though. Yeah, so to, to bring it all kind of back around is we have developed these tools that we call them things like engagement tools or increasing interaction between the company that owns the website or whatever and the user who's coming. But really, all we've done it all at the expense of user experience. Yeah. 
um, in my opinion, most, most of the engagement processes really feel to a consumer like making a commitment without really a guarantee of what am I, is my benefit going to be and what's this commitment going to lead to for me? Yeah. I mean, it would be so nice if you could, you know, get your grocery loyalty card without having to give them so much information. Right. Couldn't I just be number 133? Yeah. Why does King Supers need to know Why do they need to know even my name and my email and my phone number? Yeah. If they just said, we're going to sign you this unique token, your customer this, that's it. Yeah. You know, maybe the phone number because you always want to use that as your I, uh, alternate ID at these places. I, I, was but at, I was at one where I had to use my email address the other day and my email oh address boy. is like so long. And I'm just like, oh, and she goes, do you want me to add your phone number? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, that's what I always feel like, um, you know, I get enticing some, an enticement. Um, what do we call that? Premium. Yeah. Basically, I think in, in the business. Yeah. And then it's kind of, there's a trade-off. There's a decision that I'm making at that point as a consumer. Am I going to opt into this? What am I going to have to give them? What are they going to end up knowing about me? But it would be so nice if it was just, you want these offers? Click here and say you're going to keep shopping with us. We'll give, you know, we'll give you a card. Yeah. And we don't have to know things. Yeah. But, eh. But, but uh, you know, what we call customer engagement often feels sort of like, the antithesis. I'm asking the consumer to give up a little piece of themselves every time. That's yeah. how I, I sort of feel. Yeah. Like I'm shuffling off a little more of my own individual privacy. Yeah. I don't know. It's engagement at, at, at the cost, at the of, cost of giving the, the, the user, giving the consumer what they came there for. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Why don't you just solve their problem? And sometimes that's going to mean they're going to come to your site, they're going to do something and they're going to go away. Yeah. And so you're not going to have the visits or whatever. And so that's kind of the problem with ad driven websites is another aspect of that is you're incentivized to get them to come back to your site over and over and over. And I don't know, you know, that I I just don't feel like that works out very well, except for a small subset of, of, of websites. Yeah. All the stuff they're doing now is just a, like softer version of closing the window and having a pop-up. Are you sure you want to leave the site? Yeah. yeah. Remember that? Yeah. It's just a, it's just a less basic version. It's a, it's an upgraded version of that. Yeah. All right. So you had more, didn't you? Did you have more? I did, but that's fine. I like the well, examples though. Yeah. Bring more examples. Give you us a more, more examples. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. This one doesn't happen. No, it's fine. This one doesn't happen a lot, but when it happens, it makes me want to punch kitten, kittens. <laughs> Aww. Punch kittens? Yes. <laughs> what if the kittens didn't do it? That's my point. Okay. It's so bad <laughs> that the kittens are paying the price. I want to punch a porcupine. <laughs> and I'm That's curious. visual. Yeah. Ow. I should stop doing that. <laughs> um, and I'm curious to know if you guys have seen this. Okay. You go to scroll and you expect a certain scroll speed, and the page goes whoosh, right? Yes. They've overridden the scroll speed of a page yes. to increase it. Yeah. I think, I, I'm not, I, I can't remember that, but I think it's really related is when I, when I click over in the scroll bar and I expect the thumbnail to move one page or just a little less than one page. And it does And it moves, and it jump, jump. And yeah. you see it, like, do two jumps. And, you're, and then you go up and jump, jump. So you can't get to the thing you want yeah. to get to because they you, did it whatever. It jumps too they far. Having to drop that yeah. that mechanism and, f- and 
okay, let me try scrolling the yeah. window. I don't know. It's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's and, sort of like, if you, I feel like a good rule of thumb is, I'm talking to you out there. If you are overriding something in my browser that I have configured to use in a way that's comfortable for me. Or is the default. Or isn't the default. You're doing it wrong already. Yeah. And Daryl's going to punch your kittens. And, and I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to find your cute little meow kitten. And it's getting punch punched. It <laughs> it's getting punched. <laughs> getting punched. Ow. But the, but the question is. Kidding I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to punch your kittens. No, no kittens. I'll wait till they're grown adult cats before I punch them. <laughs> yeah, they can take it. But why, and my question is, why would anybody do this? What possible reason could you have as a, as a web developer? And we're talking to all of you web developers out there. Why would you do this? I don't know. Because there's no reason. I've been thinking about this for years now. I, I saw this years ago the first time. Yeah, and I was like, why would they do possible? that? But, you know, I mean, I'm thinking about a couple of the others that, that were specifically intended for engagement. Unlike the, the scroll is just like weird, but... Um, that sort of says there's a ripe void here for somebody to come up with a way to do this that doesn't annoy people. Yeah. Yes. A way of actually increasing engagement, like literal, actual, I am interested. I like what you're doing. I like where you're at. Engagement. I think there's actually a pretty s simple but not easy solution to that, which is provide quality content. Yeah. yeah. Provide a product that solves an actual need. And make it easy to read. In yeah. other words, the scroll works the way you want. Right. Yeah. You're not, and the header's not jumping around. Advertising windows throughout the text so that the text keeps moving and I can't read it. I mean, that's what I think is if you went back to basics on a lot of that stuff, yep. right? Yeah. Where it was about, all about the HTML, you know? Yeah. Let's look, you know, let's follow Tim Berners-Lee and, you know, it's just the document. Um it would be such a better experience. Even if you didn't have fancy stuff, you'd probably be like, I mean, that's like why people go to plain HTML email and stuff. Yeah. Like, I just want to read the content. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your freaking, you know, fancy graphic signature. And yeah. to know that Remax was selected the number one real estate. Why do people brag in their signatures? There's another one in their email <laughs> signatures. What do you want to see? How many awards mm. the company? I don't get and do you think I believe you when you tell me you're voted the number one? Voted by who? Your mom? Well, but that's the thing. If you take a small enough sample size and you ask the right questions, you can always get the answer you want. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of a... We are the number one development company, software development company in, in the world. Solar Everyone system. Everyone in this room agrees. Yes. Solar system. In solar system. Solar system. Unless it's not limited to another planet and then we'll have to go through the voting again. I bet it'll still swing our way. Yeah. <laughs> when we ask ourselves, yeah. I know one of the, I know the judges. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, cool. Well, this was a very engaging topic. <laughs> um, this one's actually really fun. So good, good call, Daryl. Um, so last thoughts, like rules of thumb, something people who have just sat here and, you know, watched or, or listened, what are they supposed to do? Ask you know? themselves, is this going to piss someone off? 
Does this benefit me more than it benefits my customer, my user? Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Anything? Yeah. Uh, essentially the same thing, you know, because it occurs to me that any developer is also a consumer on the web, you know, probably more than a lot of people. And we're hit with those annoyances all day long, too. We're developers, right? We do web stuff, um, but we're consuming it, too. And... You know, I mean, it, it kind of just, it's a golden rule, right? Do unto <laughs> others. And, and we really do need to start thinking about that when we're, when we're producing content, we need to be thinking about how excruciating it was to consume content that morning while we were getting up in the morning and going through our phone and, you know, couldn't read stuff and, you know, just all, yeah. all the annoyances and let's, yeah. let's stop hurting ourselves. Yeah. I Can't like we that. all just get along? The golden rule develop unto others as you would have <laughs> others develop unto you. Think of the kittens. <laughs> Think of the kittens. 403. <laughs> All right. This is, this is, uh, this has been the Rika show. If you're watching and you weren't aware, this is also podcasted to all of your favorite aggregators, you know, whatever they are. I don't really do podcasts. So, and if there's one that is your favorite, that is, it's not on there. Let, let us know, let us know and we can get it on there. Um, if you're only ever listening on the podcast, go to YouTube. You can see our faces. You can see pretty bald heads. We try and keep them from getting too shiny. It works about 90% of the time. Uh, anyway, for Grant, Daryl and Cynthia, this has been uh, Rika technologies and the Rika show. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to The Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology. Catch you next time.